The Dragon Reread is brought to you by the Armadillo Podcasting Club. Did you know that armadillos are actually incredibly creative singer-songwriters? In fact, an armadillo wrote the following song. The stars at night are big and bright. <laughs> Deep in the heart of Shanchen, the skies over foam are finally calm. <laughs> Deep in the heart of Shanchen. The Domine Whale, cause it sucks to be a channeling female. <laughs> <laughs> Deep in the heart of Chan Chan. <sighs> wait, wait, where do I clap? You, <laughs> you know what? Don't worry about the clapping. <laughs> no, I'm gonna get it. Okay. But they'll never leave, cause they make them power weave. <laughs> Deep in the heart of Chan Chan. Matt says Vavoom about the daughter of Nine Moon. <laughs> Deep in the heart of Chan Chan. Tuan loves him too, even though she's a slave-owning shrew. <laughs> Deep in the heart of Shan Chen, our voices quaver when speaking of the Empress, may she live forever. <laughs> Deep in the heart of Shan Chen, till she was dislodged by Samirash. <laughs> Deep in the heart of Shan Chen, what happens next for Ganon and the rest? <laughs> Deep in the heart of Shan Chen. I hope they go home, back to the crystal throne. <laughs> Deep in the heart of Shan Chen. Yeah. <laughs> Wonderful. That was, uh, that was amazing. <laughs> For more Armadillo facts, to find out how you can access episodes a day early, and to check out our other podcasts, visit us at armadillo.club. Time turns and ages come and pass, leaving memories that become podcasts. Hello there, welcome to the Dragon Reread. We're rereading Robert Jordan's Wheel of Time series of fantasy novels. I am Jeff Lake. I'm Alice Sullivan. And I'm Mike Sparkman. And today we're talking about chapter 36 through the epilogue, the end of Knife of Dreams, book 11 of the Wheel of Time. Previously, we spent a lot of time with Elaine. When Hark successfully tracks Mellar to the secret black Aja base, Elaine's like, I'm gonna get some. She does, but what she gets some of is all of her friends killed and then also kidnapped by the black Aja. Then, it's up to Brigida to flush out the big stinky turd of a situation that Elaine's laid out. But you know, Brigida's a hero of legend, so she rolls up her sleeves and grabs a plunger. It's a metaphor, you understand? <laughs> In this case, the plunger, of course, is an army and a handful of weaponized sea folk. Brigida rescues Elaine and captures the Dark Friends in under an hour. I want everyone to remember this any time someone gives Elaine shit about bonding a woman as a warder. Because <laughs> Brigida fucked that shit up. Anyway, Elaine takes the assembled forces and uses them to crush Aramella's final attack on Caimlin, ending the siege and capturing the rebel nobles in one strike. From there, she has a chat with the last holdouts, and it's a done deal. Elaine is now mostly the Queen of Andor. Now that's how you tie off a subplot. Speaking of subplots, we get a brief interlude with wherein Tuan's personal guard arrives in Altara, where Matt is just ruining every Shanshan's week. I smell another tied-off subplot myself. <laughs> <laughs> so, chapter 36. Under an oak, icon of the lute. And the lute reminded me that Rand spent all that time learning how to play the flute, and now he can't. Because oh, of the hand. That's right. Oh, no, and he can't juggle anymore either. Or was that just Matt who's learning to juggle? I think Matt no, juggled. They, learned. Yeah. they all learned from, uh, from right. Tom. That time is just wasted. Yeah. <sighs> Unfortunate. Well, I mean, maybe he can learn to play the flute with his toes. Oh, it could be. Yeah. I assume <laughs> that's what he's going to do with the sword thing, right? He's going to learn how to fight with his feet. <laughs> So, Kareed 
rides into Matt's camp. Oh, sorry. I, I had to ask. So the, the loot, is that the symbol of Tom Marilyn? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I, I, I thought so. That's exactly like, what that is. <laughs> Tom Marilyn. Sorry. The criminal mastermind. <laughs> Tom Marilyn. <laughs> I mean, this, is, this is awesome. Yeah. He he walk he marches right into the camp, you know, assuming that he's you know in his mind he's taking some incredibly risky uh, plan, you know, ploy to get to Tuon. Oh, there, so th- uh, this is something we talked about last episode. I think there is we get an implied answer to a question that we had, kind of indirectly. Uh, he mentions that I said I cannot be used as weapons as Demane, right? Yeah, because he's got one with it, and he's yeah. like, oh, oh, your healing's really good, and you can do really pretty uh, sky flowers or whatever. Yeah. But she's sad because she can't. But you can't. You can't be a weapon. Yeah, which I, I assume means the same for when they're in circles. They can't be. Uh, they can't weaponized. Be weaponized by someone that they're bonded to. Well, the, but the Domine, they do it themselves, right? They just have the mind slavery that yes. makes them do it. But yes. they're still making the decisions. Yes, but the but I Sedai can't still can't be used as a weapon even in that circumstance, which makes me think that it. As, yeah, but it's because they they still have willpower. It's just like they're just tortured. Yeah. Interesting. Or something. So, Kareed marches into camp, and he meets Talmanes. He, he is surprised at how few men Matt has, because, you know, there's been this giant war that Matt's been fighting with this small group of people. Yep. Uh, he, he introduces himself to Talmanes and asks to be led to Tom Maryland. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was General Tom Maryland. <laughs> yeah. And, and uh, Talmanes is like, Tom? Sure? <laughs> are you, are you, are you, wait, are you sure? Okay, okay. sure. Yeah, fine. Right, and uh, so the, he is led to meet Matt's crew, and uh, he has uh, he takes the time to note how ugly Oliver is. Oh my gosh, <laughs> I, I saw that. It's a kid. <laughs> like, look at that stupid looking kid with his ugly, ugly face. This is the ugliest kid I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow, dude. All right. And uh, the, the other interesting thing is that Amathira does not cringe away from him or, or bow or anything, so she's coming along. Way to go. You can break Sean Chen mind slavery or whatever. Yeah. It's only been for a while, at least. Yeah. And he, he tries to bluff uh, General Marilyn by saying, yeah, we've got you surrounded. We've got a huge army. And Tom's like, that's very interesting. But maybe you should talk to my boss. <laughs> he, he's thoroughly confused by this conversation. He's like, I don't understand what's happening here. <laughs> yeah, like, I, I, he knows that this is the Death Watch guard banner general, but he's like, I don't know what you're talking to me. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, Matt shows up. And... The guy tries this little ruse of claiming to have 10,000 troops nearby on Matt, and it does, Matt does not buy it for one second. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's, I, I always love these scenes where we're seeing like Matt do a classic Matt thing from like an, an outsider's perspective, and they just have no idea what to make of this dude. Right. <laughs> yeah. He's like, this guy walks up, and he's just, uh, you know, I, I told him this thing, and, and Matt's like, no. And he, then he commands some, uh, he commands some Aes Sedai, and they're just like, okay, <laughs> what is going on here? I keep. I kept wondering if there was an old tongue expression equivalent to "you can't bullshit a bullshitter." Mm, yeah, yeah, right, yeah. And uh, and also, Matt's got an excellent scouting core, so he's probably been tracking these people for a long time. It was probably not a surprise that they showed up. It's, it's a surprise that they walked up to Tom Allen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's like he was probably like sitting in his tent, like prepared to like have like <laughs> with like kind of like a jaunty, you know. <laughs> Supposed to to greet them, and he's like, "Are they coming? Oh, they wait. Yeah. Where they where they're where? They talk to my gamer friends. Do they need a like a, a song? <laughs> Are Shan Chen? Is it a warrior nation, or is it just that they sent the warriors ahead of everybody else? We know that they have farmers and such because in the in, they talk about the weird cows and the the spotted mm-hmm. goats or whatever. So they they're not exclusively warriors. They definitely have farmers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they do. 
And uh, most of the people that have come to this area are soldiers, right? Because it's yeah. an invasion force. Right. So it's disproportionate. So yeah, he's he's unloading this mega bluff that Matt just shuts him down. And yeah. then and he's, and he's like, like, oh, you want to take two on? Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's like, absolutely. When can you leave? <laughs> yeah. Take my wife, please. Yeah. <laughs> right. Speaking and of. Speaking yeah. of. The, uh, They're like so, negotiating her safe return, essentially, Yeah, basically, right? yeah. And, and Matt's like, okay, she can go with you, but you got a tiny party, and so I'm going to have to do this stuff to get, you know, to get her there safely. And Tuan's like, she says the words. She says, he's my husband. And she says it three times, so the deal is officially done. Mm-hmm. Just like that. The, by the uh, dumb Sean Chen marriage customs, they are now husband and wife. Yeah, remind okay, because because I know that there was a, the other half of this. What did Matt do that, that did the first part of it? Was he, it gifts? He said no. He said that she was his wife three times. Oh, okay, I see. Which the and the custom is if she says the op, the corresponding thing three times, they're just married under Sean Chen law. But who cares about Sean Chen law? Right. Well, I mean, right. But Matt's kind of into her, you know. Yeah. Uh, he should take her to the Two Rivers, and the women's circle has to, like, do the thing where they interview her, and, you know. <laughs> right. No, you got to do whatever the sea folk do. They're the, sh- they're the uh, kinky ones, apparently. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. According to Naive. <laughs> the, yeah, the, the, kin- the sea folk BDSM thing. Or, like, yeah, or whatever it is. Yeah. Master in the streets, master in the sheets. <laughs> yeah, like Landon did any training for that. Oh, man, yeah, he had that. And uh, Kareed, throughout this whole thing, has no clue what's going on with this. Yeah, this this is this is a. I I think when Tuan does that, that probably like knocks him on his ass pretty hard, you know. Right. Like, what is go? What just happened? Right. And then uh, from Matt's perspective, Matt and Tuan have a talk. Finally, uh, he Matt feels love. He loves Tuan. Could this be love that I'm feeling? I do not know. Probably not. because yeah. She sucks. Yeah. But. I mean, you know what? What does he know? Right. This is his first relationship. <laughs> right. And he tells her about the snakes. That gave him the prophecies, you know, he's like deep as most cherished secret, and she doesn't believe him. Yeah. Nope. He's like, why are you lying to me? That it's, really it frustrated me. Yeah. It's such a weird lie to have made up. Yeah. yeah. Also, he's been really straight with her, as far as I know. Yeah, overall he has, except for not telling her all of his weird secrets that no one believes. Yeah. Well, because apparently she wouldn't believe that. Absolutely. I don't blame him. And she does not call him Toy anymore. Yes. She calls him Matrim. Sure. <laughs> Even after he asks her not to. <laughs> All right, come, come on. on. Still a step up. It's gonna be. It, it's, it's gonna be a hard up. relationship. <laughs> yeah, that's an upgrade. And Tuan levels with him too. She did get a prophecy about him. Mm-hmm. Uh, a very vague <laughs> prophecy, but of course he meets all the criteria. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I kind of. I, I always appreciate the little foretellings and, and prophecies and everything. Um, the ring. Yeah. So beware the fox that makes the ravens fly, for he will marry you and carry you away, which is the ring. Uh, beware the man who remembers Hawkwing's face, for he will marry you and set you free. Uh, Matt mentioned that he had, he remembered Arthur Hawkins' face because in one of his memories he knew him. And, and, I, and I think, by the way, I think the setting free part is that he saved her from Samir Haj. Because uh, Samir Haj was her new, whatever you call it, speaker or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. And so he didn't even know. Maybe they will never even realize that's what he did. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're totally right, especially now that Samir Haj is a captive uh, of yeah. the Dragon Reborn. Uh, and the last one was beware the man of the red hand for he will uh, for he, for him you will marry and none other which I know band of the red hand so it seems like these are all all pretty like spot on you know yeah. some of these this, prophecies this is, are a little dodgy but yeah, this these, is like, these are good ones yeah and th- we didn't have to wait a long time these these prophecies were snappy like <laughs> you know, he filled them all in like a month Matt gets things done <laughs> that's right so she's going with Kareed though they discuss with each other that they'll be enemies on the opposite sides of this war yeah. 
They're like, yeah, we're married, but you know, there's a war and everything, so, uh, yup. Right. And I think Matt, Matt's like, but we'll be on opposite sides. And what he doesn't say is, and I'm going to win because I'm the best general ever. Yeah. <laughs> You're some 16-year-old dum-dum. Yeah. yeah. The best she could do is probably, uh, you know, surrender to, to Matro Gotham. <laughs> yeah. It's never going to get better than this mm. for her. Well, we'll see. And Matt's going to cover her escape, and then Tuan rides off with Kareed, uh, thinking of Matt. Uh, and Kareed says, interesting guy, huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Kareed's like, who the fuck did I just meet? <laughs> She's like, what do you think of him? He's like, I don't even know how to begin answering that. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. But she has done the thing, and now she's officially the daughter of the Nine Moons again. Yeah, she lifts the veil. Uh, yeah, we don't. I don't. I, I don't know what this means for the Shanshan, except that now she is the Empress or the the heir apparent, as, right. as opposed to, to a high lady Empress, yeah. or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it seems like that's got a whole lot of. They start calling her Highness instead of my late, you know, my lady, right? Or, um, and I guess Matt's plan is to, he says he's going to pose as a Death Watch banner general or something. I, I don't understand kind of what... Well, no, he's going to pose as Kareem. Yeah. So those people are trying to kill Tuan for the money or, or for whatever, and they think Kareem is going to have her. Oh, so, so he's he, luring them. Yeah, so he's like, leave, leave me some of your troops so that they think you're here and they'll attack. Which works. Yeah. Chapter 37, Prince of the Ravens. Icon of the dice. So Matt lays his trap... For this large army that has been pursuing Kareed. Yeah, he's so he's like, I guess he's sitting there waiting for Vannon, as, as he often does. Yeah. Uh, and this time Vannon's got some Death Watch loners with him. Yeah, Vannon's MVP. Yeah, this... Most, this, most Vannon. Yeah, going into this chapter, I was like, <laughs> we are in for another Matt Coffin special, I feel like. Absolutely. He's hanging out with Musing, the Death Watch guy that Kareed left with him. And Matt impresses Musingi, I wanted to mention, by... By quoting Comadrin again. Uh, yeah, he does that a lot. Yeah. And these are books that he hasn't actually read, right? These are books that his past he members, remembers, he yeah. remembers reading. Or writing. Or writing in yeah. some yeah. cases, yeah. And we get, we get a very detailed ambush-style battle here, which is pretty great. Matt has been... We find out what his explosions are. He's been arming slingers with bombs from Eludra. Yeah, they're, I guess they're essentially grenades at this point. They're smaller, right. more portable. And he explosives. has this, this whole clever plan... Where he, he half built a bunch of defenses and then he had his guys lay around, you know, at their ease to look like they were caught unawares. And then he has Vannon and the Ogier lure in the army and they attack. Yeah, like Vannon shows up and, and the army is right behind him and they kind of just go start straight on from there. Right, yeah, they, they attack the earthworks and, and he has Talmanus in a nearby forest with a bunch of riders and they just, they... Stand behind their defenses and mow the enemy down, and Talmanus attacks them to the side and mows them all down. Yeah, the, these guys thought they were going to be going to be collecting some like crazy bounty, but what they collect is uh, a, yeah. a Matt Calvin yeah. explosion yeah. to the face. Pilot corpses. <laughs> yeah, and so they all die. Uh, they're crazy. They attack to the last man, and it's a massacre. And this is like a World War One battle, like an early World War One battle where people didn't realize how effective machine guns were because they would just charge into it and they didn't they you know in a way that only a crazy person would do if you knew there was a machine gun there with horses too yeah with horses just like in world war one they had these crazy mm-hmm. cavalry charges and they just all got massacred yeah yeah it's uh so it's, matt it's, thinks that they're again they're, pretty horrific you know like between the crossbows the crossbows very much like rifle yeah, rifle right repeating crossbows and the bombs 
and uh, the Talmanis' people on the horse bows. Yeah. The, yeah. There's this really irritating thing with the Aes Sedai where he's like, hey guys, could you help out? And they're like, I don't think we feel like we're in danger yet. I'm oh. sorry. I was like, dude. I was like, on. I was thinking that too. Like, how many soldiers died because you decided to be snooty? Fucking Aes Sedai, man. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I mean, how. If they think that they're going to win this battle, how could they ever feel in danger, right? Which is why if you have Aes Sedai with you, you put them on the front lines, motherfuckers. Yeah, right. They should yep. be out there in the, right? in the field. They should have been the bait. <laughs> they should have, yeah. But uh, Matt thinks these people are attacking because they're just gold crazy. I think they're attacking because they're dark friends or something. That's a lot of dark friends, though. Like thousands is, of them, right? Yeah, I yeah. don't know. Uh, oh, another another thing is the grenades that Eludra invented weren't just explosives. They were small packets of explosives surrounded by uh, hard pebbles, so it's essentially grape shot, which yeah, is yeah. really nasty. Fragment uh, munitions. Yeah, really nasty weaponry. So it's a massacre. I wonder if it was supposed to be a comment, uh, uh, since we haven't brought this up in a long time, a comment about Vietnam, about war corrupting, like greed corrupting people. Oh. Maybe it was just that. Maybe there wasn't any sort of righteousness. It could be. It could to be. It. This yeah. is what happens when you, you're fighting for money. Yeah. Yeah, I... I, I it's hard for me to understand something like that. Like to me, if you're fighting for money, that that that's a pretty low incentive for your life, right? Like mm-hmm. if you're fighting for a purpose, you feel like you're doing something that's like bigger than you. That's one thing, but like I, the fact that these guys charged and like died to a man, like on a mountain of other corpses, seemed pretty crazy to me. Yeah. But yeah, and it's a good thing Matt was ready to kill them all. That he had a plan to to massacre them all without really losing much of his guys at all. Because if he if he hadn't been super smart, Matt Cawthon, these guys probably would have overrun him. Yep. Yeah. So Matt has thoroughly impressed Musing, the Sean Chen who's staying with them. <laughs> who's still trying to like, I, I love he keeps, he keeps like, he keeps asking, oh, so that's all you got, huh? Any other, he's like trying to pry like <laughs> intel out of Matt and Matt's like, I think we just got enough. That's all. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> enough. Got fewer than I had before. Yeah. And after the, the slaughter, Musingi recognizes the one Shanshan traitor, because there's only one actual Shanshan with them, um, and he's got the head, he's going to take it to Tuon. Yeah, and when, they, when they described him, I know that we were supposed to like have a hint of who he was, but I didn't, I didn't know who they were talking about at first. They yeah. said he's, he's, uh, he's dark with uh, a... I don't think we know this person. Face. Okay, I yeah. think Musing knows this person, I don't think we do. Okay. But yeah, I, I, was paused, I paused for a second, like, wait, who could this be? Yeah. Because it seemed like it was an important person. I, I, he said, like, dark skin, hook nose. I was thinking, this is Mazarim Tame? Yeah, right. <laughs> <What the> heck? <laughs> What's he doing here? Yeah. He's a Shanchan? <laughs> yeah. I actually thought of Snape. Professor Snape. Dumbledore will hear of this. <laughs> so uh, then Musing Mus- yeah. is also calling Matt your highness. And he's like, stop doing that. That's sucks. And, and Musing's like, uh, you're the prince of the ravens now because you married Tuon. So, so it's a pretty fucking sweet title, I think. Yeah, that's, right? That's awesome. Like, only Matt would get, like, a random title. Yeah. <laughs> it would be Prince of the Ravens. Mm-hmm. I'm the Prince of the Ravens. Yeah, but not only is he nobility, he's royalty now. Yep. That's, that's pretty bad for Matt, you know, considering he hates nobility and all that. Yep. He married into, into I guess, a pretty sweet deal, though. Yeah, I guess, I guess he leapfrogged Perrin in terms of rank, right? Totally did. Yeah, so... Because Perrin's, I mean, he's kind of a king, right? He's, he's like a he's like a, a minor lord, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He 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 has the two rivers and he has a, a vassal uh, state that is right. much bigger than his, whatever. <laughs> but if Andor ever decides to go after him, because Minethrin is there, then I don't know how much longer his power is going to last. Yeah, true. 
Also, I guess, well, I guess he's not Menethrin anymore because he gave up that banner, right? Yeah, that's said, true. Yeah. So who knows what's going to happen with that? Yeah. But, I I, but either way, yeah, Matt, Matt, I guess, theoretically ranks. I mean, if you consider he's the husband of an empress and uh, Rand is sort of an emperor. Well, he, Rand seems to have his own rank, which is the Dragon Reborn. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he, he who breaks all bonds. Yeah, yeah. emperor slash god. Yeah. So yeah, I guess Rand still outranks Matt uh, on paper. Right. Which is good. That, that, that could be consolation for Matt, because he is very upset to learn that he's now nobility. Yeah. Because he hates nobles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, true. So, epilogue. Remember the old saying, icon of the Wheel of Time. Suroth is hanging out with that general guy, Galgan. Planning all the people that she's going to kill when she becomes Empress. Right, going to kill him, going to kill him, going to kill him. They've yeah. gotten the news that the Empress is dead. Um, and everybody's very sad, except for Suroth, who thinks she's going to be the new Empress. Yep. Uh, it appears that there, that Itteraldi's trap has totally, totally worked. A whole this is you know, remember that guy like that other super yeah, the, general the, the that's, wolf. that's messing with the Shanshan, <laughs> the lone yeah. wolf of uh, yeah. whatever, yeah. Mirandi. Yeah, they, they, his trap has totally worked. So the Shanshan is just kind of in a bad way militarily. They're also actually I think they're also talking about Matt at one point. They're like whatever's happening in the north with Chisen still can't figure out what's going on up in the north. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's Matt, you know. Right. So it just. Uh, it's crap all around for them. It's They're, worth noting that Galgan also doesn't put up any of Suroth's shit. Like, she's, you know, oh, I'm in charge here. He's like, no, you're not in charge here. I'm in charge here. Right, yeah. So they're basically initiating a power struggle yeah. when Tuon comes in. Yeah. You know, Empress Tuon. Yeah, the tone shifts very rapidly at this point. Right. And she's got the head of that guy who, it turns out, is the right-hand guy of Suroth. Elbar, who I don't... I, I'm, it's possible we've heard that name before, but I do not remember I it. I didn't remember it. Right. I, I think Tuan probably just doesn't like Suroth also. Yeah. So she's like, ah, you're a slave now, Suroth. Yeah, you know, uh, it's funny because, you know, Suroth is obviously, obviously absolutely fucked, but she tries to play it off, right? She's like, oh no, my servant plotted to murder the Empress all on his own. <laughs> this is so horrible. Shame shame on him. I'm, oh, man. Yeah, I'm, yeah. If you, good thing you killed him, because I would have definitely killed him uh, if you know he hadn't died. Tuan's like, nope, your property now. Yeah, yeah. So now I, Suroth I, is not Suroth anymore. She has no name. Yeah, and, and you know slavery is horrible, but also Suroth is terrible. So I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I don't know I, how I feel about this. See, I went back and forth because what happened to Savannah and what happened to Galena. It's the same kind of deal, right? And I, yeah, same kind of deal. I say no, this is wrong. They yeah, should, they should execute her. She's a dark friend. She's evil. But making someone a slave is wrong. Yep. Even if they're a bad person. Yeah. Even I, as a punishment. I agree. Seroth is the worst, and she deserves to die, but I don't think she deserves to be a slave. Yeah. So, in sum, Tuan sucks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when I originally wrote the, the song you guys heard at the beginning, I said what it was actually started with what happens next for Seroth in the rest, and then I read the epilogue, <laughs> and I was like, oh, let's change that to a canon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't want to think about what Seroth has coming up next. Yep. Yep. So then we cut to Pevara, who is leading a red Aja delegation to the Black Tower to bond some Ashaman. <laughs> yeah, good luck, I guess. You and know, that yeah. seems like a that seems like a far-fetched plan, but and okay. Pevara even thinks about herself. I'm no coward, and I agree with her. If she freaking did this, <laughs> like, because this this situation, she walks in right up to the front gates and says, "Hey, take me to your boss." Yeah, I, Hale. she's like, "Hey, can I talk to the Hale?" And they're like, "Which Aja are you with?" They're like, "Oh, just tell them the red Aja's calling me." And they're like. <laughs> 
okay then. <laughs> <laughs> like the balls on these ladies. Yeah, and then they, they walk in to meet the Mahale, who's living in a palace now, by the way. Yeah. And this, this meeting is fucked. Oh, like, I know, right? Like, this is well, so scary. This whole thing, I was like, this is a fucking trap. This is, like, they walk in, and there's, like, I think, I guess... 200, uh, they say they're 100 on each side. Yeah. Ashaman, and, and not like the, the, the guys with both. And they're all, they all look like, like stone cold killers. They're not, they're not the nice Ashaman. They're like right. the Ashaman you don't bring, bring yeah. home to your parents. And they're staring in a not friendly way at these red Aja people. And Pavara walks right up and says, we want to bond you. <laughs> yeah. That was incredible. I, I know. Right. The yeah. balls on her. Yeah. Right. Huge red cojones. Yeah. And Tame says yes. Yeah, well. Why? Because let the Lord of Chaos rule. I know. And everybody laughs. <laughs> like 200 guys laugh. Like, holy crap. I also want to point out that uh, Tame also, uh, there's, there's one guy who's like, oh, well, why would we ever let you, you know, bond us? And Tame kills him, or, you know, probably kills him on right, the spot. Yeah, Slams he, him real hard. Yeah, yeah, hits him so hard he falls down and doesn't get back up. Uh huh. And, so, uh, and doesn't let him get any healing. Yeah. Yeah, like if he survives, then they'll have a lesson. This whole situation, yeah. Uh, like, Tame has a throne, a palace. Rand needs to deal with this. Yeah, I'm starting to think that yeah. Tame is not working in Rand's best interest. You think okay. so? Just a little. Yeah, right? He's, he's, <laughs> like, everything is evil about this guy. Right? He's got to be Demandred, right? I'm convinced. Yeah. Because remember, let the Lord of Chaos rule. That was the Dark One's orders to the Forsaken back mm-hmm. in uh, Lord of Chaos, I think. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh... And, and he, uh, like, all the other guys laugh about that. Like, they know what he's talking about. That's... Very These suspicious. guys are all like evil, channeling super warriors, murderous, black dark friends, right? Yeah, yeah. I I, th- I don't see any other. I, I don't know who he is, but I don't I don't see another other interpretation. But this guy is definitely a forsaken or a. I mean, at the very least, a high ranking dark friend. Though I guess we haven't we don't have any hard evidence to support it. But he's got to be someone, right? Yeah, I mean, Demandred. We don't know anything about where Demandred is, so I, I think I'm convinced. Yeah. But, uh, He's mega evil. So, even though this Pavara is, you know, terrified, as anybody would be in this situation, it looks like the plan's going to work, and the Red Aja teaming up with the evil Ashaman is a bad idea. It's a, it's a bad plan for the world. Yeah, it's well, very this, bad. It's interesting, because there's this parallel happening, right? Like, the same, this identical thing is happening with the the little tower, the, the rebel uh, Aes Sedai, yeah. and uh, presumably the not-shitty... Uh, black black tower because uh, they're working with Loghain so we're going to have this this weird schism between like the evil tower and the good tower I guess I don't yeah, know right that's kind of crazy yeah I don't know this, this like you said this seems like bad news for the world mm-hmm. this this is this is where the the dread lords in the final battle come from or something you know yeah it seems likely although Pavara is not going to be evil mm-mm no, she's she's one of the Black Aja hunters in the White Tower. She's, yeah, she's great. She's good. She's for real. Yeah. So I, I don't know how this is gonna go, but it's good uh, cliffhanger right here. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, the end. Yeah, of the of this book. Yeah. Wow. No shit. Eleven down. Yeah, this was eleven to go. This was a, <laughs> this was an intense one. This book, right? Like, like I think we talked about this a lot, but but this was a this was. Robert Jordan tying off a lot of plot. Yeah, it was, it was. He was wrapping up basically everything that happened in the southwest of the world. Yeah. Uh, so, so I mean, yeah, it was really interesting reading this book because uh, you know we, we, I will say we suffered through the last two to three books uh, before no this. No kidding. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I know going into this, we had 
several of our listeners say that it picks up from here. And, and you know, it, it's it, it was hard going into it. Think, oh, you know, it's gonna it's gonna turn around that fast. But damn, it turned around really fast. Yeah, it was uh, it was definitely a lot easier to read the last one. But as I've complained several times this season, it was so abrupt the yes. things that happened. A lot of it, yeah, enough so that it, that it almost felt forced. Uh, you know, we talked about the um, when Perrin kills uh, his little tinker buddy uh, Aram. Aram, it, it it happened so suddenly that it was anticlimactic. It yes, was, mm-hmm. it felt like it just went nowhere. Yeah, yeah. and we've been told there are important things about him. Min had even had visions about him, so we thought he'd be more important than that. Yeah. Yeah, uh, it, it yeah, and you know, Sarat- there was so much there was so much foreshadowing of that 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 when the event happened, it was like a paragraph. Yeah, yeah. the the whole plot with Surath being like this this uh, pretender to the the Shantian throne, and there there potentially being some sort of back and forth is like suddenly ended. Matt gets her to Abudar, and she ends Surath's whole deal. Yeah, like in a in a. In a few pages, right? And and uh, Semharaj just randomly like killing the entire Shanchen royal family out of nowhere. Yeah, that, right. Because I was excited like, about seeing Shanchen. Yeah, yeah. That, that Me felt too. Like like there was this whole world there that was there eventually was. going to we were going to find out about. But like he's like, ah, no time for that. Uh, who have I got on deck? Semharaj, she's not doing anything. Okay, she goes over there and kills them all. Yeah. Yeah, the, like the the throne. Like we don't know anything about the throne. We don't know anything about like Shandar. Really, right? We we've we've had. Literally one scene in Shandar, I think, and it was when Rand went over there to, to fuck up Anta, right? Like, that's the only thing that happened in Shandar, wasn't it? <laughs> I don't think we've had any other chapters in Shandar or any other pages in Shandar, so I, I mean... I, yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. So I don't know if we're ever going to see Shandar. I, I assume we would, because there's something happening over to there To be still. honest, I hope not. Yeah. Because these books are so long... And I don't think I don't like the Shan Chen as a culture. I don't think they're very interesting to read about. Yeah. I think they make a good evil culture to fight against. But we've talked about how I, I don't like the direction this is going where it's like the Shan Chen are just like us, you know, they're not all bad. Yeah, yeah. They just are slavers, horrible slavers, and they're you know, they have a, a horrible empire built on violence. Yeah, I don't think we would actually be very interested in seeing Shanchen because it's just like a horrible caste system. Yeah, no, that's a good point. I I, I like their uh, I like their creatures. I think that's a, that's the big True. thing. You know, I like they they have their uh, their grom and they have their uh, the rakan the rakan and the torakan and all that. Yeah, those are all cool. But and also the the Elaine plot seemed like it all got wrapped up a long time. It it feels like two or three books she's been hanging out with Melar. If this had happened two books ago, then she would have been kidnapped for, like, an entire book. Maybe two books, right? Yeah. But in this, she was kidnapped for and then, a chapter. <laughs> and then she just had Melar arrested off screen, right? Oh, yeah. yeah, go get that guy. Yeah, where is he? Oh, yeah, I, I, we know where he is. He's in, he's in captivity. They, they're going to put him to the question. But, like, yeah, we may never hear from him again. Yeah. Well, here's a question. If we had removed Elaine from the entire book, except for the cool scene where Bergie goes and rescues her... And the really cool scene where they discover Avienda's talent for identifying Tarangriel. Would the book have gained or lost anything of value? Um, I don't know. Let no, me think. I, I say no. Yeah, the, the Andor subplot. I, I, I keep, you know, I've said it, you know, a couple times, but the, I feel like the whole, the Andor sub, subplot does not matter. 
There no. is no way that the outcome here is that Andor is not ruled by Elaine. Mm-mm. Yeah, and, and and it's not like the Andoran forces are a big deal from a, a last battle perspective, right? Right. Yeah. yeah. They're, they're just exactly. They t- they're, they're drop in the ocean. Their entire thing is maybe a hundred thousand people at the most. Yeah. Right? Why is this important? You know, like if, if Elaine has to go have a power struggle, why not just have that sort of happen off screen? Mm-hmm. I guess she's where the the Black Tower is, so she's going to be like a thoroughfare for. I said I going to deal with the Black Tower shenanigans. Yeah, I, I guess, guess so, yeah. I don't know. But that's, um, I mean, that's all complaining. The actual where this book has strengths is is in the the battle scenes, right? And the description. And there's a lot of that. Yeah. We had amazing battles. We really did. Yeah, this book was full of full of good fights. And one of my absolute favorite scenes of all eleven books so far, when Nynaeve goes and is getting people to ride to Tarman Gaidon yeah. with oh, Lan. Oh, it's so good. So good. Oh right? God, so good. Yeah. yeah, so I, I mean, I, I I am all about this book. I think that after yeah. after the uh, the slow rolling we've been dealing with, this was like a breath of fresh air for me. I was I was really you know there were times when we were reading the previous books where I was like struggling to get through it. I this this one got felt like it went by really fast. Mm-hmm. I don't think it was appreciably short of the others, right? It's about the same length. As, it's about the same length. Yeah. yeah, but it felt like it went by really fast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All Agreed. killer, no filler, just like this podcast. <laughs> so, Alice, what do you think overall? Oh, I thought it was great. It's one of my absolute favorite ones so far. I agree with everything you guys have said about it feeling really abrupt, but it moved for the most part. Um, so, I'm a huge fan. Yeah. I'm excited that I feel like we're back now. It I got agree. its groove back. No, yeah, I agree. I, you know, there was a time when we were reading those the last few books where it was like, okay, we can, like, I, I don't think we're, there was ever a point when we were like, we're not going to do this because we've already been doing this for literally years that, you know, we're, we, we, we have this, this cost fallacy in our life's work. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're going to finish this, these books one way or the other, but like, but after reading this, I'm actually excited to read the next one. Uh, you know, thoroughly excited to read the next one. And, and yeah. And I think like, even with the, it being abrupt, it was still preferable. Cause like, how long was Fael captive? Like. There's some, yeah, yeah, there's some subplots that just dragged on for fucking ever. So at least things are getting wrapped up now, you know? One of our like, listeners even had a thing about it. Because I remember one of the books I was like, oh, hopefully this gets wrapped up suddenly. And one of our, I think one of our listeners said something like, oh, I'm so sorry, Micah. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yeah, they knew. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. And sure enough. Well, I'm excited from now on out. I mean, it's very sad that Robert Jordan passed away before his time, but I am excited to see the books with Brandon Sanderson coming up because I've never read anything by Brandon Sanderson. You know, interestingly enough, neither have I, and I, I read a lot of fantasy. I know that he's uh, he's one of those one of those uh, authors out there who everyone's re- read at some point or another. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm I'm interested to read it too. I know that uh, Jeff has feelings, <laughs> feelings. about yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah. So yeah, we'll see. Yeah, the books of Brandon Sanderson's I've read were not my cup of tea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, which, you know, we'll see, we'll see if you feel differently when he's writing, when he's writing Robert Jordan, right? So, um, we've had a lot of people say that they really like him. We've had some people, I I know I've seen some people say that, uh, they don't feel like he did a great job, like carrying Robert Jordan's tone. Like he kind of made it his tone, which, you know, different, but not, it's a matter of opinion. Right. So, so I'm really curious to see what we'll think of him, but I'm absolutely excited to read him. Yeah. Hey, dragon rereaders. We are going to JordanCon this year. What, uh, what? 2021, yeah. yeah. Uh, in a couple weeks after we get this, and an undetermined amount of time after you're hearing this, 
uh, July 16th through the 18th in Atlanta. Yeah, we're going to be in Atlanta at the convention. We're going to have a really good time, and we're going to be wearing shirts with our faces on them. So if you see us, fucking nerds, (laughs) (laughs) come say hi. Yeah, please do. Yeah, we'd love to. We'd love to see uh, if anyone happens to find themselves at Jordan Con. We'd love to see you and and chat with you. Yeah, for sure. And even if you aren't able to make it, we will definitely be be recording a bonus episode. For all of our wonderful listeners. Yeah. No idea what it's going to be about. Uh, probably just us chatting about, you know, our our time at Jordan Con. Yeah. Depending how strong the drinks are, we'll see how it goes. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. We may or may not be drunk. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. See you there. See you there. So that's it for this episode. Uh, next time, we're going to take a break, as we usually do between the books, and we're going to do a season of our other ongoing podcast, Living Dead in Austin, about Suki Stackhouse books. We're going to... Talk about book three of the Sookie Stackhouse books, whatever that is called. Yeah. Uh, uh, Club, Club Dead? I think it is Club Dead. Yeah, yes. I think so. And even if you're not a fan of vampire novels, even if you hated Twilight and Anne Rice and um, Anita Slaughter, uh, not Anita Slaughter. Anita Blake. Anita Blake and yeah. Karen Slaughter, you should still check these out because they're extremely funny and they're very, very different from any other vampire story I've ever read. Yeah, I think they're very tongue-in-cheek and they're like, they, like, they, they definitely poke fun at the genre in a way that I, I forgot. So yeah. they're enjoyable to read, even if that's not necessarily your thing. And I, I do encourage you to join us. But if you're not, you know, we'll be back. Yeah. Check that out at livingdeadinaustin.com. I am Jeff Lake. That's Jeff underscore Lake on Twitter. I'm Alice Sullivan. That's Blue Bonnet Cafe on Instagram. I'm Micah Sparkman. I still don't have one of those. If you have any comments, questions, or feedback, please drop us a line at hello at armadillo.club. We love hearing from you. If you have a question, we might answer it on air. Please share us with anybody you think will like us. Please give us good reviews wherever you got this. Please check out our Patreon, where you can support us at armadillo.club. Please like us in real life. We're just so likable. Until next time. The the light light illumine you. you.